Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. I've had this on my heart for a while. Um, for Celebration, really wasn't sure when I was going to get to share, but tonight we're going to talk about the life of a leader. And so the reality, yeah, isn't that awesome? And so this is something that I like to look at for my life, for my staff, for my, you know, women's leadership, but it's always good for us to talk about, for us to just be challenged, for us to look biblically into what character in a man is God looking for? And again, going on what we talked about earlier, I can't make myself have the qualifications, but God can. And as I spend time with him, I begin to take on his nature. I begin to look more and more like him. So let's go in the scriptures to 2 Timothy 2.2. 2 And it says, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men and women who will be able to teach others also. And so the reality of it is the very, very first thing when we look for someone for leadership, and y'all know Pastor and I, we're always looking for leadership. And you say, I don't want to be a leader. Leader, volunteer, servant. A leader really is a servant. A servant of all. Jesus led with servant leadership. You know, if y'all come on any day of the week, you might find Pastor or I cleaning a toilet. So victory, celebration leads in servant leadership. And so the very first thing that we're looking for in people is faithfulness. It's just faithfulness. Oftentimes the person that gets the job isn't always the most gifted. It's not even the most talented. It's not the one that has the most stripes or stars, but usually it's the last one standing. It's the one saying, I'll do it when no one else will. It's faithfulness. And faithfulness isn't once. It's not even twice. It's not even for a couple of times. Faithfulness is a lifestyle. A lifestyle of faithfulness. A lifestyle of Of, of doing it when no one's looking, when no one's around. You see, and he's going to probably shoot me later, but that's Lester. So let me give this example. When we first came, Lester would get so upset with us when we would say something about him doing the yard, like the, the flower beds and the mulch and all the landscaping and stuff. That's a gift that Lester has. And, um, and he would do it till he would do it all his life and no one ever needs to know. There's a lot of Lester's around here. And so we finally were like, Lester, can you just be the head of it? And why, why would we want him to be the head of it? Because we need the generations coming up after him to begin to realize that those flower beds don't look like that on their own. Someone spends hours. <laughs> making that happen. 
And so that may not be Mike's gift. Mike's like, maybe, I don't even know if he likes it or not. He's just sitting in front of me. He may, it may not be his gift, but it may be Christina's or it may be Kathy's. But if they don't, if they are never given the opportunity, then they'll never be able to do it themselves. Whereas Lester is going to do that and Mike's going to be the sound guy, the sound. He's going to be the faithful with the music. He's going to be faithful with, the, with all the sound equipment. Oh, my word. We've got a lot of those faithful people, but we're looking. Who's faithful when no one's looking? Because, you see, if you're doing it or if I'm doing it for the show, it's really not faithfulness. Because we're, we're doing it one plus one to get two. But when I'm doing it unto the Lord... I'm faithful unto him. Acts 6, 1 through 8 says, Now in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. So basically what happened, you know, the church was all together, had all things in common, and basically they had a soup kitchen. They ate together, remember, breaking bread day to day from house to house, and, and they, were have, they had a soup kitchen. And the widows were being neglected. They were being forgotten. So there came, comes a complaint. So the 12 disciples summon the multitude of disciples. What's a disciple? A disciplined learner. Someone who subjected themselves to that leadership for this purpose of growing in the gospel. Follow me as I follow Christ. And they said, it's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Now, do y'all remember who Stephen is? What ended up happening with Stephen? He was the first martyr. So when we read the story of Stephen, the martyr, we think, I mean, he's like, whoa, that dude was awesome. We think he, you know, he goes high on up there with the men, great men and women of faith. You know, he died a martyr. He said, Father, forgive them. He looked up to heaven as he was being stoned by his attackers and, and killed. For, stoning is an ugly death. Nasty. He didn't fight back. He glorified God. And we think, oh, he must have been some grand apostle over thousands and all these things. You know what? He was a man full of the Holy Ghost and faith. And he did many signs and wonders while he worked in the soup kitchen while he worked at Night of Hope. You know, when I was preparing for this, I thought about our babies. We got, Pastor Angie's got all her youth in that soup kitchen, Night of Hope Night. 
And what's the purpose of it? We don't want them to be kids in a back room that hear stories about how to look like Jesus. We want to begin to teach them how to love people like Jesus loves them. So we're raising up those kids to be full of faith and the Holy Ghost and power and how to talk to people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so when we begin to think of, I want to be a leader, I mean, how many of you would like to have the faith that Stephen had? To have the intimacy with Christ that Stephen had? Stephen wasn't some grand TV preacher that had a mega church that everybody knew his name. Stephen was well known for a man of good reputation, full of faith, full of the grace of God and the Holy Ghost. And he served day after day faithfully the widows of the church that no one was forgotten. And he served and did it because he knew the disciples that were running the church needed to be about the business of the word of God, of the study, of the preparation to teach to bring forth the scripture that it might fall on deaf ears to be awakened. And he went in there and did the nitty gritty every day. You following? That's the life of the leader. And you don't get to any of the above of anything until we begin to cultivate this life of faithfulness. So <clears throat> looking through the scripture, it's one who is full of faith. You know, it's so funny, and, and we're fine. You get all kinds of people, but it's really hard to put someone in leadership or I want to lead a care group. And you're like the person that's like, well, God doesn't heal anymore. You know how many people I've prayed for? And you're like the Debbie Downer of the bunch, and you're like, oh, my word. Have you read your Bible lately? Oh, woe is me. The United States is going to have to all move to another country. Did you not know that nothing happens under the sun without Jesus knowing? You know, I understand that we got issues, people. But we're to be men and women of faith. That we begin to look to the scriptures and we trust in him. We realize our future, that we have one. And that it's full of hope. One who is full of the Holy Ghost. That when we begin to poke you when life pokes Rich or life pokes Megan that the Holy Ghost comes out. You know, you ever heard of John Bunyan? You know, he was, um, what book did he write? Second most purchased book in the world. Pilgrim's Progress. And so he writes Pilgrim's Progress, not one scripture in it. But the entire book is laced with the gospel. Why? Because he was a man full of the Holy Ghost. He was a man full of the word of God. And when life poked him, Jesus came out. When you get poked, what comes out? He was of good reputation. You know, the funny thing is when they did their, their search for us, we had so many, um, I can't think of any word. Recommendation and you got to call them for a reference. I know. So we had a file full of recommendation letters. And then they had to call all these people. And they called a lot of people. Why? Because they needed to know that they knew that we were men and women of good reputation. You can't take one person's word. You got to know. You got to do due diligence. And then the awesome thing is after they're all done, there's still one last one that has to be made, period. And look, as far as I'm concerned, you can get through every letter of recommendation, every reference. 
but you better get to that top dog and make sure that top dog says the same thing everybody else has said. And that was our senior pastor. Why? Because it's important to have a good name amongst God and amongst men. Because you see, to be in leadership, could y'all imagine? Let's just point, let's say Susie's up here. And Susie, you say the name Susie and everybody in the church cringes. And why do they cringe? Because she's mean. Because she talks about people. Well, you know what she did to so-and-so? And that, well, then that's all you're going to hear. Why would we put someone in leadership in that way? Because they're going to sow that into you. Ugh. Well, what do I do if I have a bad reputation? Repent. Go to the people that you've wronged and just ask forgiveness. Don't justify yourself anymore. Just ask for forgiveness. And then go to the beginning of the night and begin to cultivate faithfulness in the land. Because eventually that old nasty reputation will go in the garbage and your faithfulness will begin to show. But it's important that we are men and women of a good reputation. One who the grace of God is evident in their lives. Where it's evident. Men and women that have the grace of God in their lives, there is no question. When life pushes them, we're not kicking and screaming. We're not making fusses. We're not justifying. We're not working it out. God is working on our behalf, and you're seeing the fruit of his grace come out. And then really, one who has a fruitful ministry. You know, it says Stephen was full of faith and power, and he did great signs and wonders amongst the people. Things were happening, and people were following him. It's very hard to lead if no one's behind you, right? And so when, you're, when, when you, we begin to look at leadership, when we begin to look at, at the, the volunteer base, we want to see fruitfulness. Do people want to work with you? Do people come back to work with you? Are we seeing salvations? Are we seeing people turn on fire for God in your small group? Or is your small group just a big click? We would never have that. Or are people starting to read their Bible and get more faithful in church? Those are the things that begin to pop out of leadership. Amen? Are we doing all right? All right, so now the lifestyle of the leader. The lifestyle of the leader ought to be above question. 1 Timothy 3.2 says, A bishop must then be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, and able to teach. And so really, you know, we look at it as a blameless life. <sighs> That's not saying that we're perfect. But, for example, this one person years and years ago in leadership, and thankfully I was not the pastor then. I was an intern. Woohoo! And she was in youth leadership slash young adult leadership. And she, this girl gets born again at Beyond the Grave, gets baptized in the Holy Ghost that week. She's coming faithfully. But guess what? She was in the military, and she liked to booze it up a little bit. And she liked to go dancing. So guess what they go do together? They go buy new strapless dresses and go to the bar and still go start cutting it up. Well, how am I supposed to disciple this girl that just got born again on what looks like Jesus when a leader in the church thinks there ain't nothing wrong with dancing, so I'm going to go dance and we're going to buy a strapless dress 
dresses and we're going to go have a little cocktail and just have fun. No big deal. And what was so funny was they, she couldn't understand that whether you see anything wrong with it or not, we represent the church of Jesus Christ. And we represent Jesus. So I want to live a life above reproach. That's unquestionable. Pastor doesn't meet with women. So if you call him, he's going to send you to me. <laughs> if you're a man and you call to meet with me, guess what? I'm sending you to my hubby. Why? We just want to be above reproach. No big deal. We like you both ways. No big deal. But my marriage will never be in question. You got it? Pastor Joe and Grace's marriage will never be in question. You got it? Same reason. We want to live above reproach. So we just choose to do things that whether they are sin to one or another, we're not going there. I just want to live above the questions. You got it? And so then, you, then you're like, but Pastor Heather, the Bible doesn't say Look, that's when you go back to the first one about Stephen that the grace of God was evident upon their life. When the grace of God's evident upon our life, I'm not going to see how close to sin I can get. I'm not trying to, to, to walk the line. I just want to be with Jesus so I can live a life without question. Amen? All right, let's look at 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 13. says, this is a faithful saying, if a man desires the position of bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, and of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, but covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Look, we've had people in internship in Bible college that had to wait to come on staff because their household was out of order. And look, you can do all things right and still have kids not born again and stuff, and we get all that, but there is a difference between out of order. And so we had to wait. We had to send them to counseling we had to counsel this both spouses. We had to help them send people into their homes to get their homes looking like the light of the world. Why? Because if we can't live like Jesus when no one's looking, as soon as you get put in charge of anything, passing out a bulletin, the devil's coming knocking. And we want to make sure that we equip you to live a life that we can do ministry for 50 years, 100 years together still love one another, still love Jesus, and still looking like him. But if we don't get our house in order first, if we don't get our character in alignment with him, we'll fall. I don't want that to happen. So verse 6 says, not a novice. What's a novice? A novice is someone that grows up in the church that's been around the block, and guess what? they just the cool one of the moment, but they have no longevity. They have no faithfulness. They've had no training yet. But they're just, they're just the cool one on the spot. <clears throat> we don't put them into the levels of leadership yet. Why? Because I've watched it over the years time and time again. They always blow up and they blow up bad. And at the end of the day, it hurts the flock. 
and it hurts them. If we would wait and train people, let them cultivate faithfulness, they would produce much more fruit for, each, for all their life than a little bit of fruit in the couple of months they were in leadership. So not a novice, um, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Yikes. Moreover, he must have a good testimony above, among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Likewise, deacons must be reverent, not double-tongued. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Not given to much wine, not given greedy to money, holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. But let these also first be tested. Then let them serve as deacons, being found blameless. Likewise, their wives must be reverent, not slanderers, temperate, faithful in all things. I know people that have not gotten to the ministry and have not lasted because their spouses weren't ready. You ha it is a team thing. Why? Because the devil will come right on in and take one of you out. You have to be on the same page. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith, which is Christ Jesus. And that's a lot, right? That's a lot. But it's all possible. It's the character of Christ. It's the nature of Christ. And if you're sitting there going, well, what do I do? Because everything's crazy and that doesn't look like me. Repent and be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because it's saying, God, I can't do it. I can't do it. But you can. Empty me of myself and fill me with who you are. Because when he fills us with who he is, he equips us. He equips us. You can't get up and read your Bible? Repent. You can't be faithful in church service? Repent. You can't pray? Repent. You can't put down the booze? Repent. You can't stop being angry with outbursts of anger? I don't know how many times I can tell you Christians that look like Jesus in church. And they go home and look like the devil in fits of anger. It's serious. It's so not a funny matter. It's not okay. But what do you do? Repent. You, you keep repenting. You're like, but how many times can I repent in a day? 1,000 times 1,000, you repent. And if you're still doing it, you go grab the person that you're letting into your fence. And you say, brother, I need help because I'm an angry person. Because I guarantee you somebody around you has been angry and God set them free. Yeah. We start out in repentance to get a life of faithfulness. So real practical, how is this lifestyle cultivated? Psalm 37, what do I do after I repent? Trust in the Lord, do good. And listen to this, I love this verse, get in your belly, it'll change your life. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Dwell in the kingdom of God. Dwell amongst the believers. Don't run away. If you haven't figured out, celebration loves you just like you are, you dirty old thing. Because we've all been dirty. Yeah. So what we want to do is just dwell in the land. I want to be in the house of God. I want to be at the events. I want to be in church service. I don't have to have it all together. I don't even have to look right. Pastor Heather gets up there and makes her hair go crazy and do funny faces. I'm good. 
I'm just going to dwell in the land because if they accept her, they're accepting me. And what does that begin? It really does work, though, Joe. They're like, she makes a fool of herself. I'm good. But what happens is, is you begin to dwell here. And whether it's celebration or another church, but you're dwelling in the house of God. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Just as a little bit of drizzle after a couple of hours will saturate the ground, the little drizzle of the Holy Ghost you get dwelling in the house of God saturates you and changes you. As you dwell here, you are cultivating a lifestyle of faithfulness. As you find yourself regular in church service, regular in events, regular in serving, you're going to find out that everybody talks about Jesus, that just about everybody's in a care group, that just about everybody reads their Bible, that just about everybody actually prays and worships and believes the stuff we talk about. And all of a sudden, you're like, well, I guess I'm going to believe it too. Well, I think I'm going to try it out. What Bible you read, girl? How you do that? And then someone's going to walk with you about reading your Bible and show you how to buy a Bible and how to, you know, which kind of Bible plan to go with. And then you're like, hey, I really have this problem and I don't know, I don't know how to get set free. And then somebody else is going to begin to pray with you and begin to stand on scripture with you and begin to walk you through deliverance and walk you through freedom. You're cultivating a lifestyle of faithfulness. And next thing you know, you look like Jesus. And all because you dwelt in the land. That's where it starts. If we go and live with the world, we're going to look like them. We're going to smell like them. We're going to talk like them. It's going to be nasty. But it's real hard to do that when you're rubbing elbows with God's people. Why? Because we're full of the Holy Ghost. Because when we get our hands on you, ooh, you'll be smelling like Jesus. It's addictive. It gets on you. Does that make sense? Real difficult, huh? I mean, we thought we had to do all these rules. We just need to dwell in the house of the Lord. It's how it starts. All right, let's go to Romans. No, let's go to Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit. Now remember, the gifts of the Spirit, you can get those right when you're born again. Word of knowledge, wisdom, miracles, faith, all that can come when you're born again. does not prove um, maturity in Christ. It really is the Spirit of God in you. It's to glorify Him. But what shows the maturity of the believer is the fruit of the Spirit that can only come by Him. It's love. It's joy. It's peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. And so you and I, we can't make that happen, but I can dwell in the land. I can chill with Jesus. I can spend time with my king. And as I do that, as I spend time in his word, spend time in his presence, spend time in his house, I begin to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I begin to put on the Spirit of God. I begin to put on my Father's coat. And I begin to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. 
We dwell in the land. We cultivate faithfulness. We put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And really that's Romans 13, 14. It says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. How do you do that? Look, you wake up in the morning and you want that booze. And I'm speaking to someone. You want to know how I know? Because I used to wake up in the morning, roll over, and I had that pipe right next to the bed. And I would hit that pipe, get high, first thing in the morning. Oh, my God, Pastor Heather used to be a druggie. But what begins to happen? Oh, no, I'm born again. I wake up. You want that booze? That's what you normally do? But, oh, no, now I've got the Spirit of the Lord living inside of me. What do I do? And put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So you pop up out of that bed before you brush your teeth. You go open the blinds. You begin to let light in your house because you ain't hiding from Jesus. So don't hide from the world. And then you run and you go pour that stuff down the sink. Or you flush that pot down the toilet. And then you go and you turn on that worship music. And you begin to sing praises to your king. You begin to put in your house the things of God and not the things of the world. I put on the Lord Jesus Christ. When I'm depressed and upset and aggravated and I don't know what to do, do you think I stay inside? No way! I get outside and go look at the beauty of the Lord. Why? Because I'm going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not going to put on the flesh. I'm not going to put on the devil. I'm not going to put on the things of this world that are going to cause me to go back down a path I don't want to go on. I'm going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So you keep thinking, but I just want that bottle. But I just, you know what? I'm going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. What did that crazy preacher say? I took notes. Let me go find it. Oh, yeah. She said, dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Do we have Bible study? We have Pastor Grace's mom's group. Pastor Grace, what time? Can I just hang out with you all day? Well, what's the matter? I want the bottle. Sure. She's not going to kick you out. She's going to keep you here all day long. We don't have group. Well, I'm going to call the office anyway. Hey, you there? Jen, you there? Hey, I need to be in the house of God today. You got something for me to do? Yep, let's go vacuum the church. I'm putting on the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm giving no room for the flesh. It's, it's simple, y'all. It's simple. That's really what happens. We had a, I drive up today. And I, I pull up, and, you know, Zach's not here, and it's all women in the office. Rick only comes in on Monday. And there's a man, a long man, sitting out there on, the th and I, and on a bike. And I thought, oh, Lord, what is this? Protect me, because he looks like he is not going anywhere. And it is all girls up in there. And so that means me is the defender. <laughs> here, here I go. Don't y'all love what goes through our minds? So I'm like, what's going to happen today? <laughs> but as I got closer, it was Brandon. Brandon, our kid that got baptized a couple weeks ago, that lives in the neighborhood, that got born again in our youth group and serves all the time. Well, guess what? He's at school. He didn't have anything to do. So he just came and sat on our sidewalk. Isn't that adorable? I said, buddy, you all right? Yep. Anything's wrong? Nope. You need anything? Nope. I just came to see what's going on. So what did we do? Come on in, buddy. Come on in. That's right. Be like, buddy, you better, you got to deal with people today. You really never know who comes knocking, though, seriously. 
<laughs> but do y'all understand how simple it is when we begin to put on the Lord Jesus Christ? We begin to just choose the simple things. It's not big. We don't decide to overcome huge obstacles in a day. It's the little things. It's the baby steps. Put on the Lord Jesus. I'm going to read my Bible. You know what? I've never been able to do that in my life. I better tell someone how you read your Bible, girl. What you do? What's your translation? Do you just like open it up and go there? So what do you do? How's that happen? Can you help me out? I started reading the Catholic Bible when I got born again. I didn't know there was another Bible. You just start somewhere. You worship. If you don't have worship and don't know what to get, you email Alicia Workman. She got the playlist of playlists because she's got a 45-minute commute to work, and that girl got some worship. If you don't know how to email her on Facebook, you just see Pastor Grace. She'll hook you up. And you just press play. You just press play. Prayer. How do I pray? Lord, I don't know what to do. When you call your best friend, what do you do? Do you think about what you're going to talk about? Nope, it's the same thing with Jesus. We can't hide anything from him anyway. So you just begin talking. It's as simple as that. Are there formats and this and that? Didn't Jesus give us an example? Yes, and you'll learn that one day. But today, it's all about just learning to put on the Lord Jesus. To learn to not pick up the phone and call me in but to bow and say, I don't know what to do, and I need your help. Again, church attendance, we dwell in the land. You gotta, you gotta find something to be faithful to. If you're faithful to church service, great, where's your care group? If you're faithful to care group, great, where are you pouring out? Well, I don't have time to pour out. There's somewhere you can pour out. Find a place to pour out. And the other is fellowship with believers. You, there's a whole lot of stuff everybody can hide on a Sunday morning. But it's very hard to hide when you see them throughout your week. When you pass, I can't tell you how people I pass this week on the interstate because, you know, we're driving every day looking at homes. How many people I pass on the interstate, it is so funny. I'm like, I know what you're doing. But really, we begin to fellowship with believers because it lets them speak into our life and us speak into them. We put on the Lord Jesus. It's simple. Isn't it awesome? That's how we develop the character of Christ. It's the baby steps of Christianity that we don't quit after 20 years or 50 years. Right, Miss Jewel? She's my little faithful friend. She visits everybody for me. She calls everybody for me. She prays with everybody. There's probably not a new woman that comes by this church that doesn't know who Jewel is. And not because she's mean. but because she's just faithful to pray, faithful to check on, faithful to be there. That's really all it's about. You think, well, I can't be like so-and-so. Good. God made you just how you are. Dwell in the land. Cultivate faithfulness. And let him have his way. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. So why don't you stand with me? Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you grab the hand of the person next to you You know, I feel like tonight was a good refresher for a lot. 
But I also feel like tonight the Lord is setting people free from the law of religiousness, the law of expectations of what we thought we had to be. You know, we can serve in the soup kitchen all the days of our life and be like Stephen, a mighty man of God. And we also can dwell in the land and get set free of fear, get set free of addiction, get set free of anger, set free of depression, set free of control. And really, I think that's what he's he's trying to do is bring us to a place in him, a new place in him of humility that we join and interlock every one of us with all of our silliness and all of the God in us because it's united. It's just like this that he commands his blessing. It's in atmospheres like this that he is setting you free setting you free right now setting you free commanding his blessing so father right now in the name of Jesus I ask that you would pour out the blessing of heaven on this church body that you would unite us in heart and in minds that no one would hide their life, but that we would live holy before you as a body of Christ, united, united. Father, I thank you that you're setting people free right now from fear. Spirit of fear, you have no place in these people. Be gone in Jesus' name. Never to come back. Spirit of addiction. Gone. Free. No longer medicating with a bottle. No longer medicating with a pipe. Now I'm medicating my life with Jesus. With the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Father, I pray that you would expose the spirit of anger this week and set the captives free. Set the captives free. And I thank you, Lord, that you have been depositing creativity into your people tonight. You've been speaking to people on ideas and and things that you want them, them to do in your kingdom. And I just pray, Lord, let it come. Let it come to fruition. Help your people to dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness and see your fruit spring forth, to see the fruit of the Lord spring forth. That it's not by power, it's not by might, but it's by your spirit. And we trust in you. Father, everything that this city needs is in the pews of your church, is in the pews of your church. And so once again, we say, revive us according to your word. Revive us according to your word. Have your way in me. 
Perfect your work in me. Teach me, O oh God, how to dwell in the land. Cultivate faithfulness and put on the Lord Jesus Christ every day in every way that we see our city one for the glory of God. Thank you. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.